Welcome to episode 49 of the PharmExec podcast. This is Kristen Harm, Associate Editor of PharmExec Magazine and your podcast host. So PharmExec Magazine is a multimedia publishing brand. It brings you the latest commercial insights for the C-suite. On this week's episode, we have the pleasure of speaking with Nigel Breakwell and Ben Randall, and they're both co-founders of .io Health. So Nigel and Ben are going to talk to us today about how they're using data science in the health and life sciences industries to help clients navigate emerging markets. So we're going to take a quick break, and then Elaine and I will be back with Nigel and Ben. What if you had limitless access to customer insights, accelerated timelines, and set fees? At TrueSterum Network, we're fueled by connections in virtually every area of healthcare as part of MJH Life Sciences. The result? Audience-fed creative and more powerful content in less time. TrueSterum Network, releasing what's real. Find out more at TrueSterumNTWK.com. Hello, podcasters. Today, Elaine and I will be interviewing Nigel Breakwell and Ben Randall, co-founders of .io Health. And today, Nigel and Ben are here to talk about how they've expanded their use of data science, AI, and data visualization to help companies in the health and life sciences sectors. Their recently launched .io Health is helping clients identify trends and producing insights that can enhance brand strategy, especially in emerging markets. Thanks for joining us today, Nigel and Ben. Hey, Elaine. Hey, Christian. Hi there. Great. So we're just going to start off by asking uh, Nigel, last fall you guys launched .io Health, which is a consulting and data analytics firm that aims to help clients navigate emerging health markets. Can you explain what emerging markets encompasses? Is it, you know, does that go beyond geography at this point? Uh, thanks, Elaine. Yes, yes, it does go uh, beyond geography, and we sort of look at it in three areas. So I'll just just, just go through those. So, in first of all, we're looking at sort of new therapies. So there, we're looking at sort of new disease areas that are developing or evolving. So again, that could be something that recently we've been working on. For example, is Nash. That's a, a disease area that's been around for some time. It's starting to evolve. It's getting a lot of traction. There's a lot of companies that are moving into that space. So that's the sort of the first part that we look at. The, the second part is really looking at the, I suppose, disruption and new technologies. Uh, for example, if you're looking at uh, regenerative therapies, stem cell therapy, and the, and the reason that we see this as, a, as an area to, to focus on is not just about the, the technology and the way it can be used, but looking at the way it's changing, in some respects, the paradigm of of management in a health system. How do you fit something like gene therapies into health system? How do you price for that? So again, it's looking at those developments and, and how we can uh, advise uh, and, and pull together insights from the, from the data that we source in that perspective. The third area is actually looking at different geographies. And when we look at emerging markets, we look at that from the perspective of if you, I mean, everybody's obviously talked about China over the last few years, been a growing emerging market. It's obviously now one of the, you know, the, the top five um, pharmaceutical markets in the world. But if we're looking at the way in emerging markets, disease are evolving, you know, we do a lot of work in um, non-communicable diseases. 
and obviously those have now overtaken infectious diseases in emerging markets across the globe. So again, it's looking at what are the changes in terms of health systems, in terms of disease that are developing, and in terms of what sort of strategies and intelligence uh, or intel does a, does a company need, especially in markets where data isn't always as rigorous and always as easily available as it may be in, in someone say, the G7 markets. So again, it's how do you get on the ground to really understand what is happening and what is the most, um, I suppose, the, the, the most informative and, and accurate data that can be used to inform strategies uh, in those emerging countries. Okay, so Ben, could you maybe talk about the tools or strategies that you use to deliver a complete picture to clients, like such as data science and AI, data visualizations, other non-scientific inputs such as personal stories maybe? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I mean, actually, yeah, we use all of those um, technologies, but what we really focus here on is the solution we're delivering. Um, so, for example, sometimes when we're working with um, a pharmaceutical company, let's say they're going into a new emerging market, and we'll, we'll pick on Africa here. In those cases, there's often very little data that they've, they've inherently got internally. Um, and in, in, that, in those um, situations, what we will be doing is, is a first wave of that market intelligence. We will then start to analyze online content, all available online content in the, the languages which are required for that market, and then begin to piece that together and connect the dots based on the questions that, that, that have been asked. There's another... Um, in, in another aspect, we find that with some clients, particularly larger pharmaceutical companies, they might be asking us to do market intelligence or, or analytics in an area, but actually, and, and this wouldn't necessarily be Africa, I mean, this, this could be on a new therapy or on an existing therapy, and they might actually have a lot of data on that. Um, I'm just trying to think of an example that could be sort of in, in early assets or in and market access. But in those cases, actually, the challenge there is that the, 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 the team have got too much data and they've got lots too much data coming from lots and lots of different sources. They, they've got databases that they're working with. They've got other market reports. Um, which might be current and historical ones. They, they've got huge amounts of internal decks. You know, if you think of all the employees in a large organization who are creating their own competitor intelligence and putting insights into those, when you start to add that up and look at somebody's weekly inbox of what's passing through, it's a huge amount of traffic. So as that becomes more and more, there's a huge need, and, and this is something we've been working with and developing as a proposition, something we call data forensics, deep data forensics. And in this case, what we're, we're actually doing there is taking all of their internal data, um, using AI on it, uh, and data science, where we literally are actually seeing what connects and, and, and bringing all of the, that information together and pulling out the key pieces which actually answer the questions that they need. Um, and the key point there is is connecting the dots. I mean, our clients say that all the time, that what we, we do for them is connect the dots. And I was just wanted to, just to 
to add a, a little piece there that with the and again as Peter Ben was saying about when we go to place like Africa, one of the things that we found valuable is we we built out an investigative journalism uh, team, and this enables us to go into markets where we it's almost like validating the data that we've sourced by actually finding out what's going on on the ground. And we, recently we did this in Egypt where we were able to literally you know in an, in an area where a very sensitive disease area i won't go into too much detail but a very sensitive area where people weren't weren't too keen to actually tell their stories but because of the connections we've got through our network we we're able to identify people on the ground speak to them about what the reality was and that tests and just validates the data that we found and, and again that's given us a you know it gives us a, a substantial sort of differentiator when we're going to, to clients, especially those that are going into, into markets, into countries where they don't essentially have people on the ground that can give them that feedback as well. Excellent. So, um, Ben, you mentioned that, you know, you're connecting the dots and you guys chose the name .io as a sort of shorthand for dots connected. So how do you think your professional experience helps you connect the dots for pharma? Yeah, uh, great question. Um, you know, if I think about it, really, my career, you know, the key pillars in my career are design. Um, I, I've spent a lot of time in my career as well, involved in startup companies and, and data. Um, and, and when you put all of those, take those three kind of pillars and look how I've applied it and how we've applied it to this company, it kind of, I guess it tells a story. Um, when you're designing, you know what we're really doing here. When 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 you're designing anything, is you 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 th- you have to think about a process, how something's going to be used, and that doesn't matter whether that's a a product, uh, actually whether it's a drug or actually if it's a it's a system. You know how a health system works. You you, you have to think about the process. Um, so if you think about actually when you start mapping that out, the next thing you need to do is is think about all the data so you can understand what's happening at each one of those junctures. And I think when Nigel and I started the um, .io and actually where the name came from is when we, we were kind of mapping out um, problems that we were solving for pharmaceutical clients. And, you know, we were always were pushing for almost we wanted to create that data mosaic or you know understand that picture understand what that map was because it's only by understanding that that you can begin to put forward hypotheses um and when you've got that that then brings in that last pillar because after you believe that you've okay we've got a design here of what we believe the system is that whether that you know like i say the patient journey or we're trying to get a drug to market. What are all the different stakeholders involved? And we've brought together all that data to really help us really understand that rather than just guessing. The final part, I think, where I bring my experience is, okay, well, what are the strategies? And I, I whilst Nigel spent um, much of his career in pharma, I guess I come from outside and I look at it from, okay, just how do you break the problem? How, how do you hack the current challenge that our client's facing to get to the outcome uh, that they're looking for. Um, so, yeah, I think that's how I, I would bring, I, I bring my pro- uh, professional experience to uh, the company. And um, just, uh, just adding, you know, again, to, to what um, 
Ben was saying there, I think one of the areas that we have is that we we bring that, I suppose, that human element to this as well, and that human experience to the data, to AI, to the data science that, that we use. And one of the things where, where I feel like add, add to that is, again, that, that experience over uh, a long period of time in the, in the healthcare sector with the different stakeholder groups that we're mapping out and that understanding of how they fit together, how they're evolving in the way they fit together. And, and so that's been something that we've been tracking and working on you know, over the last five years um, uh, uh, since we set up .io and then that focus on, on .io health that, that's come about in the last year. So um, keeping that in mind, how does working with small startup companies differ from taking on larger, well-established pharma clients? And how do you have to maybe alter your approach to each of them? Yeah, that's a, yeah it's a great question. Um, I think if we start with, you know, the, the smaller startups, you know, when often they work with us, I, I think they don't have as much internal data, so they've got less resource. Um, and in, in those cases, often we're doing what I was saying earlier, we, we are going out and we're scanning on those, what we call deep horizon, we're going out, we're scanning, um, bringing that knowledge together uh, and then providing it. And I think a lot of the time they're asking for the, the solution, you know, we've got these questions um, and we briefed, and then we're, we're delivering that, we're delivering it across. And, it, and I guess it's like the content, it's the intelligence. That's what they're buying from us. Um, when we tend to work with the larger pharmaceutical companies, it, it's, there's a couple of things there. I think, yeah, there's times when they also need to do the, the, the scanning, the horizon scanning. But it goes, but what I was saying earlier about they've got this problem with a lot of internal data. Uh, and, and where I think there's a huge amount of value to add to particularly the you know top 20 pharma companies is actually helping them get value from that data. Uh, and, and in that case, wh where we are applying that, we, we're not only adding the value, but I think then it's the advisory which comes in is, is a secondary and, and, and third value-added items there. So not only are we connecting the dots, but we're working with clients today where we're at, we're, where we're actually looking at the process of how they get in their market intelligence. So because we've spent a long time doing it and working, we've been data driven. We, we're able to advise, OK, this is the process of actually acquiring the data, what you should do to process it. And then what we're trying to do there is actually help them build the process. And we become a, a cog in that. And I think the final part of of that is when clients you know typically they might they have the vendors around them um so whether it's in commercial marketing you know traditionally they would have their ad agency their digital agency their comms agency i think there's becoming more and more of a need um where we're becoming that right hand man where they're where they're leaning on us to say okay from a market intelligence point of view and with the data and what data, where can we get access to those answers and go back? And, and there's becoming more and more of a need on uh, need in that. And we're seeing actually that's a growing area of our business to deliver that advisory. Great. 
So Nigel, we were speaking earlier about the emerging markets. What do you feel like are some of the most important ones to watch? And that could be, you know, geography, the new therapy areas or technologies. Thanks, Elaine. I've taken it in the, the, the three areas that you just listed out there. So I'll go to the, the last one first. When we're looking at the new technologies, I think what we're seeing there with, if you're looking at, say, uh, regenerative therapies, as an example, because it's an area that we've worked in, in quite a lot. Within that situation, what you're looking at there is almost changing the environment and the way a, a treatment fits into a health system. So that in itself is, is an, an important emergence within the health sector. Yes, you've got a great new disruptive technology. Yes, we know that these, you know, these are very targeted drugs, very personalized medicines or therapies that can have great value and often in a, in a very rare disease area. But what needs to be built around that is how do you actually then build the system to actually cope or be able to make best use of, of that sort of treatment. So I think that's one area to look at in terms of a, from a, a new technology uh, perspective. I think when we're looking at therapies, I mean, as I said, we've been working in areas such as, as NASH and you know, diabetes and so much a, a new area. But I think what we're looking at there is that there's, there's, there's innovation that's starting to, to develop in terms of the way pricing is looked at, the way payers are looking at these these disease areas that are, in some cases, new and growing and, and emerging, but they are, they, are, they are a very sort of high population level. So they're going to have dramatic impact. So what we're seeing there are the way, and certainly we've seen this recently in, in the UK with, with the NHS and setting up a, a, a partnership agreement with, with, with Novartis and with some uh, universities across the UK looking at how to do uh, more effective population-level-based, outcomes-based trials, looking at how they can then bring a, a product into a, into a market that can actually be used at a population level. So that, 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 and that's, a, that's a complete, you know, we often hear the word paradigm or paradigm shift being used a lot, but this truly is a, a, a real paradigm shift in the way people are thinking about using or being able to, to engage new therapies in, 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 in larger uh, markets, larger disease areas. And then going to the geography, and I think from the geographies, it, it, it's, yes, we could look at individual countries, but I think it's looking at how are things changing and evolving, as, as was said earlier, in some of those emerging markets. The shift towards non-communicable diseases means that there's a whole health system that needs to be built and created in a lot of these countries but looking at some of the markets that responded to that and we've done a lot of work in places like mexico they've really looked at how to manage to treat to prevent a non-communicable disease and i think that's the sort of areas we need to look at there's a lot of shift in terms of new technology and that the disruption it creates how does the health system cope with that you're looking at therapy areas that are evolving, especially if they are in large populations. How do you manage that? How do you, how do you look at the pricing? How do you then look at clinical trials on that basis? And then, the, again, to the final point, going back to the, the geography, how do we respond to disease which may be commonplace and, and known about in, you know, say, the G7 markets that we typically use to? How are they going to be managed in, in emerging markets? Great, thank you. Um, 
It's a lot of really good food for thought, I think, for our listeners. You know, we really appreciate you you both coming on and discussing emerging markets and, you know, your unique approach to data gathering and analysis. So, you know, thank you guys so much for coming on today and being with us and speaking to our listeners. What if you had limitless access to customer insights, accelerated timelines, and set fees? At TrueSterum Network, we're fueled by connections in virtually every area of healthcare as part of MJH Life Sciences. The result? Audience-fed creative and more powerful content in less time. TrueSterum Network, releasing what's real. Find out more at TrueSterumNTWK.com. And now it's time for this week's leadership tips from pharma execs. So hi, I'm uh, Nigel Breakwell. I'm one of the co-founders of .io Health. And my leadership tip uh, really goes, I suppose, from a personal experience perspective. And that's really to maintain, with, with everything that's going on in the world, with so much disruption, it's very easy as a leader to actually get distracted. And I think being focused on what your objectives are when you set your objectives and your business goals, it's really ensuring that when you have a new idea or something that comes out from left field from a disruptive technology, that you actually just see, well, how does that fit in terms of what we are trying to achieve you know, as a business? And then the other perspective from somebody that's been working in the healthcare sector for a number of decades, it's always to remain curious but also to remain open-minded. Hi, I'm Ben Randall. I'm one of the co-founders of .io Health. And my leadership tip is to always speak from your heart. When you speak from your heart, I think you're authentic. And with authenticity, you, you create trust amongst your team. And from my experience is when you've got trust within your team, that trust means everyone will go that bit further for both yourself and for the other teammates and and particularly for small companies and organizations trying to do new things there's always going to be adversity along the way there's going to be tough times so when you've got that when you when you have that trust amongst the team they will just go that much further and I, I think that's from me over the years has been the most important thing that I've learned so yeah always speak from the heart Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's PharmExec podcast. We're always pleased to take you behind the headlines, provide expert tips from industry leaders, and give you an inside look at what the PharmExec staff is working on. Remember that you can always find us on the web at PharmExec.com, on Twitter at PharmExec, on Instagram at PharmExecutive, and also on YouTube. The views expressed on this podcast do not reflect the views of PharmExec, its parent company, or our advertisers. For editorial questions, please email editorial director Lisa Henderson at lhenderson at mmhgroup.com. And for sponsorship opportunities, please email group publisher Todd Baker at tbaker at mmhgroup.com.